want to begin this morning by saying it's an honor to preach at Father Judice's funeral mass today. As I'm sure it was an honor for him to preach at the very first mass that was ever celebrated in this church building. That's way back in 1968. I didn't know that little fact until Father Capaverdi told me earlier in the week. And I definitely wanted to mention it in my homily because I think it shows just how much Father Frank Judice meant to the people of Westerly in general to the people of Immaculate Conception Parish in particular. And speaking of homilies, on February 20th of the year 2016, Father Paul Scalia celebrated the Mass for his father, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. I'm sure many of you saw it on, on television that day, or at least heard news reports about it afterward. Father Scalia began his homily at that Mass with the following words. We are gathered here because of one man, a man known personally to many of us, known only by reputation to even more, a man loved by many, scorned by others, a man known for great controversy and for great compassion. That man, of course, is Jesus of Nazareth. I'm sure that was news to more than a few people in the congregation that day, but it was true nonetheless. Jesus Christ was at the center of that funeral mass in 2016. He is at the center of every funeral mass, including the one we celebrate today for Father Judice. Father Scalia then explained why this is the case. He said, It is he whom we proclaim, Jesus Christ, Son of the Father, born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, buried, risen, seated at the right hand of the Father. It is because of him, because of his life, death, and resurrection, that we do not mourn as those who have no hope, but in confidence we commend Antonin Scalia to the mercy of God. This morning we do the same thing for Father Judice. We mourn for him, yes. But we mourn in hope. And at the same time we commend him in hope to the mercy of God. Father Scalia then, then told the congregation that they needed to look in three directions. He said they needed to look to, the, to yesterday in thanksgiving, to today in petition, and into eternity with hope. We need to follow that example today as well. First of all, we need to look to the past with gratitude. First and foremost, to Jesus Christ, for what our Lord and Savior did for Father Judice and for all of us by his passion, death, and resurrection, and for the share that Jesus gives to us in the fruits of his redemptive work. Jesus Christ did for us what we could not do for ourselves because we're not divine. He atoned for the sins of the entire world. He made it possible to receive forgiveness for any and every sin. He opened the gates of heaven to those who are united with him in this life through baptism, faith, and charity. Hopefully we all believe that. Father Frank Judice certainly did. That's the good news he preached for more than 60 years of his life to everybody who would listen. We also look to the past with gratitude to our Lord for the gifts and the talents and the blessings he gave to Father Frank and to other people through him. The best way I can do that, I think, is by sharing with you a few of the things I said Father Judice's 50th anniversary Mass, 
way back in 2006. Some of you were probably present for that celebration, at least the family was. There, I mentioned three important lessons that I learned from him since the early 1960s. That's when I met Father Chiquis. I was about five years old. He was the assistant pastor, what we called the curates back then. He was the curate of Holy Angels Church in Barrington. And those of you who were here in 2006 will remember that I began that day by mentioning three lessons that I happily did not learn from Father Judith. Lesson number one, how to drive a car. <laughs> he used to call this car the Demolition Derby Mobile. For reasons I'm sure you can figure out. If you want more information on that, by the way, see his nephew Richard. He knows all about it. He's an expert in Father Judice's cars. Lesson number two that I did not learn from Father Judice was how to clean my room. <laughs> you ever had the experience of seeing his quarters, either at the cathedral or even at St. Pius, you will never forget it. Any questions about that can be directed to Steve, right? <laughs> an expert on Father Judice's rooms. And Steve is to be commended. He did so much for his uncle in the last few years. God bless him for that. Lesson number three that I did not learn from Father Judice was the lesson on how to turn off the alarm system at St. Pius the Tenth Rectory. People in town who had police scanners when Father Judice was living in St. Pius must have thought we were getting robbed every other day. Those are the lessons I did not learn from him. But I learned many good lessons. I'll share three of them with you today. Lesson number one I learned from Father Judice. He's worth it. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is worth it. He's worth investing your life in. Father Judice taught me that lesson from the very earliest days of his priesthood. As he liked to tell people, I was his altar boy of Holy Angels in Barrington in the mid-1960s. Back then I looked up to him literally as well as figuratively speaking. And there was good reason why I looked up to him. He was a happy priest. He was a visibly happy priest. Clearly loved what he was doing. Even as a small child, a five-year-old, I could pick that up. He understood the importance of his priestly ministry. He found deep fulfillment in bringing Jesus Christ to people in word and sacrament. Even as a little boy, I could tell Father Jesus was somebody who really believed in the depths of his heart that Jesus Christ was worth investing your life in. Twenty years later, after I was ordained a priest myself, I found out he was right. The second important lesson I learned from Father Judice, and I'm grateful to God for, is the lesson St. James taught the world in his New Testament letter. Faith without works is dead. Anyone who knew Father Frank Judice knew how much he cared for the poor and for those in need. His faith was evident, clearly evident in his charitable works and his loving works. It's not a coincidence that he was the first vicar for community affairs here in our diocese, working even with state agencies, secular agencies, to improve living conditions and give educational opportunities to the needy people of Rhode Island. But his love was not provincial. As most of us know, it extended far beyond the borders of our state to one of the poorest countries on earth, Haiti. 
with the organization he established, Providence Haiti Outreach, Father Judith's work to provide health care, education, food, shelter, and religious instruction to the poorest of the poor in that tiny nation. It's a cause that was near and dear to him, close to his heart. And you know what? He didn't just ask other people to support it financially, although he did that very, very well, as many of you know. But he also did it himself. Let me give you one example of that. When we gave him checks for the masses and services he provided for us at St. Pius, which is what you normally do when a guest priest helps you out in your parish, those checks were never made out to him personally. Never. Not a one. They were always made out to Providence Haiti Outreach, which, by the way, is an organization still worth supporting. Nobody would definitely want me to mention that today. The third important lesson I learned from Father Judy's concerns the crosses of life. Every one of us has a cross, of course. We have lots of crosses. They're part of the human experience. Part of the human experience in a world tainted by original sin. But for the disciple of Jesus Christ, they're never the final story. As the cross was not the final story in the chapter of Jesus, so it's not the final story in our, in our lives as well. Every cross leads to a resurrection. Even at times, praise God, in this life. Father Judith taught me that. Now it's true, the actual resurrection of the body is a future reality for all of us. It's only going to happen at the end of time. But if we trust in the Lord here on this earth, and are obedient to Him right now, in the midst of our present sufferings, we will have little resurrection experiences. They will happen even on this side of the grave. Like Father Judice had in Barrington when I first met him over five decades ago. In case you don't know the story, Father Judice had been sent away after ordination by the bishop to do graduate studies in hospital administration at St. Louis University. Naturally, when he finished his studies, he came back and he thought he was going to get a big administrative post in one of our diocesan hospitals, the St. Joseph Fatima. He was excited about that. That's what he had been preparing for. Unfortunately, however, he made a mistake. He made the mistake of running into Bishop McVinney one day, on a day when the bishop needed to find a curate for a small Italian parish in Barrington, parish that had no money, bad facilities, and terrible morale. It was the last place on God's good green earth that he wanted to be. But he went in obedience to the bishop, and he made the best of it. When he got there, he realized something. He soon realized that people needed something to bring them together as a community, to give them a sense of self-worth. So he proposed the idea building a brand new church. Why not? I think he gave the pastor, Father Ineta, almost a heart attack. Father Ineta didn't think it could be done. Bishop didn't think it could be done. Nobody, almost, nobody thought it could be done. He did. Parish had a terrible track record of financial giving at the time, but it was built. It was paid for in a few short years. And Father Judith not only helped to erect a new church in Darrington, even more importantly, he helped to resurrect the faith of the people there. 
And he sowed the seeds of four priestly vocations in the process. Mine, Father James Ruggieri, Father Angelo Caruski, Father John Cadiga. For Father Judice, the cross was not the end of his story in Barrington. I and the three other priests who have been ordained from Holy Angels since 1985, we are living proof of that. Today I thank God for the teaching he gave me through Father Judice. These three great teachings that have meant so much to my life. Some of you, I'm sure, have similar stories from your own lives. After Father Scalia said we should look to the past with gratitude at a funeral, he said we need to look to the present moment in petition. That means quite simply that today we need to pray for Father Judice in the repose of his soul. Many people die in a state of grace, probably most people, including most priests, who need to experience a final purification before they can enter God's eternal kingdom. God provides that purification in what we call purgatory. This is why we pray for the dead. This is why we have masses said for our deceased relatives and friends. Our masses and prayers help them to pass through this purification process more quickly. May this mass, may the personal prayers today that we say and in the future that we say for Father Judice help his soul to pass through that purification quickly. If he doesn't need the help, if he's already in the kingdom, may they help another soul who does need the prayers. And finally, Father Scalia said that we need to look to the future at a funeral. We need to look, as he put it, into the future, into eternity with hope. The hope we're to have in our hearts in the face of death is expressed beautifully in the first line of our second reading where St. Paul says, For we know that if our earthly dwelling attempt should be destroyed, we have a building from God, a dwelling not made with hands, eternal in heaven. It's in the Gospel as well where Jesus says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. We pray that Father Frank Judice already is, or will soon be, occupying one of those dwelling places, the one God, our Savior, has prepared for him from the foundation of the world. We pray that someday we will join him in the one God has prepared for us. As I began my homily with a quote from Father Paul Scalia, I'll end with one more quote from him. These were the final words of his homily at his father's funeral mass. This morning I say them with Father Judice in mind. Jesus himself becomes present here today under the form of bread and wine so that we can unite all of our prayers of thanksgiving sorrow and petition with Christ himself as an offering to the Father. And all of this with a view to eternity, stretching toward heaven, where we hope to enjoy that perfect union with God himself and to see Father Francis J. Judice again and with him to rejoice in the community of saints. Amen.